Hey guys, and welcome back to the Pint Pipe and Cross podcast. This is Robert, and back for the first time in three weeks is James. And I tell you what, at this point, we might as well just rename it the Mug or the yeah the Mug Pipe and Cross podcast. Yeah, Mug Pipe and Cross. Yeah, because we can pipes, lots of crosses, a lot of crosses to bear. So I have some one, Irish. Of, the, one of those being no alcohol. <sighs> a little so. bit of. Little bit of Irish breakfast tea today. Uh, it is a Sunday though, so I'm really feasting. That's I true. Some, I put some honey in it. Hey, hey. yeah. So Living things large. are getting things are getting a little crazy. Speaking of Sundays, or crazy, not crazy. What's up with Sundays? Uh, so what Sunday happens to be in approximately fifty days? Wouldn't happen to be Easter, would it? It would happen to be Easter. What's By the time the- you guys hear this. Oh, wait, no, it'll, it'll be like 45 years yeah. by the time you guys hear this. So what's going on on Easter? Okay, so Easter Sunday happens to be technically two days, but like we're not going to break our fasts for Holy Saturday, which should also be a day of penance. But we'll be done with Exodus. Yes. On Easter Sunday, which is super exciting. Do you know what else is super exciting? What, Rob? It's Pope Benedict's 90th birthday. Holy cow. I'm super excited. My first beer is going to be... A nice German beer. And we, we found out when I was in college what Pope Benedict's favorite beer is. Um, I don't remember what it was. Oh, come so on. I got to look it up again. But that's what I'm going to drink uh, with my good buddy, Chris Helly. Uh, we are going to go to the Midnight Vigil. I'm going to go home and sleep and then wake up and then drink for the rest of the day. There you go. It's going to be awesome. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Pope Benedict. And the Catholic Church. A bunch of my friends uh, keep saying, like, you know what's going to happen, Robert? He's going to turn 90, and then he's just going to die. That would suck. Or or they'll say, you know, Pope Benedict is going to get to, like, 98 in 364 days and then die. That'd be, that would be really depressing. It would be super depressing. That would ruin my Easter. I guess you better pray harder for Although, him. Although... I guess he's like entering into the resurrection, so it'd be kind of beautiful if he did die on his birthday. But I hope it doesn't happen. I kind of like having him here. Although then I can start praying to him, so that'd be nice. Yeah, that's true. Um. Yep. So James, it's great to have you yeah. back. Where have you been the past? Where have months? I been? I have been busy. Uh, I've got law school applications going on. I've been. Straight up busy, uh, meeting with people, hanging out, not having enough time in the day. Yeah. Yep. Well, it's good to have you back. Um, good to be back. Yeah. So why don't you tell everybody what exactly we are talking about today? Well, today our topic du jour is inspiration. And not just the like divinely inspired you know, stereotypical, I'm going to go build a church with my bare hands kind of inspiration, but the nitty gritties. What do you mean the nitty gritties? I mean, like... So, like, we're not talking about divine inspiration. We're not talking about the Holy Spirit coming down. We're not talking about, like, with St. Francis, Jesus, like, on the cross starts talking to him. I mean, we could. We can. We might. We but, might get into it, but that's but, not the intent. But, no, the the actual piece we're talking about here is, like, what? why do you people wake up in the morning? Like, what is it that gets people going? Because a lot of people just kind of go through their day, and they don't have any inspiration. 
And it's a really easy rut to fall into. And what we want to talk about today is how can you find those things to help push you to a higher level? Okay, so when you're when you're saying motive, or when you when you're saying inspiration, like you're kind of talking about like motivation in a sense. So so you know it's, maybe we could interchange those words. Inspiration like, is kind of like them inspiration is like the gasoline that fuels your motivation. Okay, there's a thing at the end of it that that really pushes you forward, and you're you're aiming towards some goal. Okay, so you are motivated to achieve a goal because you are the inspired goal is the by inspiration. that thing. Okay. No, the goal isn't the inspiration. The insp- the thing, the goal, inspires you, which motivates your action. Yeah, it's like if you put gas in a car, right? You get that explosion every time. That's how an engine works. Yeah. Moving forward, it doesn't happen without that, that fuel. So, basically, if motivation is the engine that moves you forward, inspiration is the fuel it runs on. Okay. Make sense? What if the motivation is the oil in the car? Sure. How about them apples? I'm okay with it. I don't think it works, but I think it's okay with <laughs> okay. it. Okay. So, uh, I yeah, I, I don't know if I totally understand the distinction you're making between motivation and inspiration, but I don't think it's really that no, important. No, it's not. Okay. So if you want to call this podcast motivation, whatever the hell you want. You can call it inspiration. We're really not going to be offended either way, as long I as you will. listen. I will be offended either way. Well, that's his that's his issue, not yours. Okay, so nope, I will make it your issue. Um, okay, so why okay. why is this important? Because you can't just go through life without any kind of motivation or inspiration. Why not? Because it's really depressing. Life is depressing. Well, is that what you're saying? I'm saying without it, yeah. With without inspiration, life is nasty, brutish, and short. Oh, that's gross. Also, who, who said that? Thomas Hobbes. Good. Uh, that is absolutely not true, by the way. Listening audience, life is not brutish, short, and... Or nasty. Or nasty. Yes, thank you. In fact, it's getting longer. Um, but it's probably getting nastier, too. Probably. Uh, but yeah, okay, so... That's why we're here to help. Without, without, uh, inspiration, uh, it's gonna be really hard to go out and act in the world. I mean, you know, I think we can all relate to this. You have, uh, you know... We, we actually have a name for it, even like the lazy Saturday where like you just want to there's a song about it like I uh, what, uh, I don't want to do anything I just want to lay in bed yeah. I hate that song it's by the way it's a pretty lazy song it's the worst song no it's not the worst song but it's a dumb one I was going to say they're worse but so like lazy Saturdays we have this whole idea of like the, the days when you wake up and you just don't want to do anything you just want to lounge around the house all day long and be a useless slob you know what I will give that song one thing. At least he's actively choosing to do nothing, as opposed to just falling into it. Yeah. Well, I, I you know I think everybody is actively choosing to do nothing. I don't think you can fall into doing nothing unless you fall into a pit and break your legs. And then no, you actually, no. I, I will disagree with this. So today's gospel reading. We, guys, yeah. we're reading this on the twenty sixth of February. So what's the gospel reading? It is all about how jesus is telling people not to be anxious not to be afraid right yep the side effect of a lot of anxiety is doing nothing because you feel so overwhelmed by all the stuff you should be doing that you can't get yourself to do anything this is actually worse than choosing to do nothing because you you just it's piling on to the fact that you know you should be doing stuff and you want to be doing stuff but you're not doing anything about it 
that's, I think, more harmful than saying, I'm taking a day off. See, I when you say, like, I'm taking a day off, though, I think that can mean multiple things. It can. So, like, the, Bruno's, the Bruno Mars, like, I'm going to take a day off. Uh, I'm going to be a worthless louse. Well, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I would actually, I think it is better to be anxious about things than it is to just choose like i'm gonna be worthless and i think i may disagree with you just on the principle of it though i see your point um I because think... because at least there's something that you know you should be doing in the one case instead of just like lying on the like bed sheet of society just assuming that everybody's going to take care of you because you shouldn't like have to do anything if you don't feel like it well i think that's a I, I, let's take a saturday for example right you and i both agree that if you don't have anything to do it's better to go do something that you can't do during the week right like go out and hike yeah whatever if you have nothing to do at the very least i can respect if you choose to do nothing as opposed to I know from experience that if you want to be doing all these things, it's more harmful when you end up doing nothing because it just it wears you down even further. And I think that really gets into this anxiety of it paralyzes you. I think paralysis is more harmful than leisure. But at the same time, I think within when you're in those moments of paralysis, you can be shaken out of that much more easily uh, by just being given that shove into I'm going to do something um, whether that's you know somebody smacking you upside the head or you just finally realizing it's better for me to like start on some small inconsequential task instead of just like sitting around doing nothing so I think it's easier to get shaken out of that whereas when you just actively choose I'm just gonna sit around and do nothing you're developing a habit which I think is actually going to make it much more difficult even after you find some sort of inspiration to actually start moving. Maybe. So I think it's, I think it's a matter of habit building that makes the choosing to do nothing worse. I think it depends on whether you're making a habit out of it. I think that may be the key distinction. If it's something that you do just one Saturday because you realized you just need a day off, okay. If it turns into an every weekend thing, you know, I agree with you. That's that's straight up, that's just bad habit. But how many times do you think the, like, lazy Saturday is just a one-time just thing? Just a one-time thing. I think that's very rare. I don't know. You know, people, people who, like, realize I just need a day off, I think they usually, like, people who, like, genuinely just need a day off and who are very type A and who are going out and doing a lot, I think generally when they take their days off, they're going to be going and doing something with it, like we said before, of like, you know, whether that's reading a book, whether that's going to visit family, whether that's going on a hike. Um, I think there's less of a tendency for them to just like lounge around all day, even though I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but I think there's less of a tendency there. And, and a distinction that I want to make here, too, is the difference between lounging around and leisuring. So, and you know, we, we've talked about leisure a little bit go back to our podcast on labor um but you know when we really sit back and contemplate that's an important that's an integral part of our week where we do sit back and contemplate uh what we have done and offer that back up to god um but that's not a lazy saturday that's a that's actually a type of activity 
I just I think my point is you don't always have to be doing an activity. I will I think we probably agree, but I think we're using activity wrong because if if you include leisure within activity, then I think you should always be doing activity. And I think that's where it turns into a very subjective like okay, at what point does it cease to be leisure and start to be lazy? Um I think at the point of the Bruno Mars song, sure. Granted, it's an entire yeah. song about doing you're, nothing. Yeah, you're not always going to be able to find the exact line, but we can definitely look at the extremes. Yeah. And even God rested a day. I mean, it's not like... God leisure today, though. That's the type of rest he was doing. I'm not going to say I'm called God lazy. That's, that's not how this is going to work. You know what we just did? Hmm. Got completely sidetracked. No, but like all of that is relevant, though. Somewhat relevant. If only because we're actually talking about the everyday thing, not the lazy Saturday thing. Because we're talking about totally relevant. We're talking specifically about establishing really good habits. Because to be honest, there are not many things harder than getting up in the morning. I'm. That's why uh, Jose Maria called it the heroic minute. Yeah. That first minute when your alarm goes off and you have the choice: either you can hit snooze. Or you can climb out of bed, get down on your knees, and say the morning offering. Odds are I'd fall asleep on my knees. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I'll, I'll say to you, like, I'm not good enough to, like, drop down in prayer in that moment. But, like, something I've really been working on, I've gotten good at lately, is when my alarm goes off, I'm out of bed and I'm walking around at least. Uh, and, you know, it's that 10 minutes of making coffee that, like, then I'm awake enough to actually do a morning offering. Which is pretty good, you know, the heroic 10 minutes. Yeah, no, that's pretty good. I'm, I'm just dragging out the heroic minute. I just want more of it. I'm, you know what? You got, you're one up on me. I, mornings are just not my cup of tea. Um, no pun intended. <laughs> but, this is the key to inspiration because that is oftentimes the thing that can get you out of bed in the morning when otherwise you wouldn't want to. Mm-hmm. And so, so what he means is, you know, you need to have a reason to get out of bed in the morning. You need to have a reason to wake up early or else like, yeah, you're always going to take the path of least resistance. If there's not a higher goal that you're reaching towards, of course, you're just going to lay in bed because that's comfortable. Because otherwise you don't necessarily have a compelling reason not to. Um, and when we say inspiration, we're not, it, it could be a variety of things, right? Like let's take hypothetical example. Let's say you have a coffee date at 8 a.m. And you're really excited for it. Yeah, you'll get out of bed in the morning. Like, that's not even a question. If it's you have to get out of bed to go to work, you'll do it. But depending on how you feel about your job, it may be a heroic 20 minutes. It may be a heroic 30 seconds. Hard to say. Anything to add? No, nothing to that point. Okay. Cool. Because, okay, so, you know, in the one case, you have a really strong emotional response of like, yeah, I really want to get up. I desire this thing, the coffee date, so I'm going to get up. In the other case, it's a duty-bound thing of I know that I have to do this. I have an obligation to do this. And if the mere obligation isn't enough, the knowledge that you will get fired if you don't do this and you will lose your income and you will lose your house yeah. and your car and your wife and all of that – well, that, that can be a pretty strong negative motivator yeah. as well. And, you know, when we say negative motivator, it's 
you know, what we mean by that or what I mean by that. A positive motivator would be I want this thing. A negative motivator would be I don't want this thing to happen. Uh, and both of those are good. You know, the like the idea that like you should motivate by the carrot rather than the stick. Well, sometimes the stick is a really good motivator. So like don't don't flee from that if that's what you need to use. I mean, it's not the ideal motivator, but it is one. It's sort of like, uh, you know, the whole idea of, uh, you know, in theology, we'll talk about perfect contrition or imperfect contrition. Yeah. So contrition is your sorrow for sin. Perfect contrition is where you are sorry for your sin because you uh, love God and you're sorry for having offended him. Imperfect contrition is where you're sorry for your sin because you're afraid of going to hell. Uh, And both of those are good. They're both legit. if If you have either contrition you're gonna sin less which is a great thing you want to sin less but uh it is better to desire to sin less because of love of god yep so it's like a nine out of ten or a ten out of ten but they're i mean nine is still nine's pretty good that's still an a yeah imperfect unless unless you go to garen catholic then then you're a b 94 uh, I don't remember. I think it's ninety one point five uh, is the transition from A minus to A or, oh, a, or from A minus to B plus. Okay, know? it's something like that. I don't remember. I should probably know these things. I liked the ten point scale there. I, that I, I was easier to my, on my uh, my brain. Anyway. Um, anyway. So inspiration. What what is something that could inspire somebody? Does it have to be a date or? Like God Almighty no, inspiring you. Pretty pretty girls work really well, but it doesn't have to be a pretty girl. Hey, it worked for Adam, um, right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, like, really, it could be anything. Tell them about the Ducati guy. Okay, so there is a uh, I don't know what he. I don't even know what his profession is anymore. Okay, well, there's there's a guy who has a profession. He yes, used to be a seminarian. He used to be a seminarian. He now works. Um, I think he's. I believe he teaches at Baylor, I think Medical Ethics. His name is John Antonio. Um, and he gave a, a wonderful talk on dating at Purdue um, last year. And he has a book, which I highly advise all of you guys to get. It's like less than 20 bucks on Amazon, and it's titled Dating and Other Things Catholic. Subtitle is What Seminary Taught Me About the Single Life. Right? And he makes a point when he will be unceremonious and say, got kicked out of seminary. Um, left. Left the seminary. You already said got kicked I out. Know, no I know, I know. I'm so, sorry, John, for his impropriety. No. He actually, he's a great speaker, and it's a great book. But he talks about when he left, the first job he got was as a, a barista, you know, working at a coffee shop. Shouldn't it be baristo? Baristos. Was he a baristos? I'm not sure how it works. I'm not sure if it's Latin or Greek. Baristoi. No, that'd be plural. It's not Italian. Ah, probably. Anyway, <laughs> he he made decent money, right? Like, but he wasn't making a ton of money. It wasn't a job where he really was that motivated. Like, he was motivated to do well at his job, but it wasn't one that was really pushing him where he wanted to go. Now, where did he want to go? Is what his chapter about inspiration talks about, because his inspiration when he was making coffee for everybody was to buy a Ducati, a motorcycle, uh, and not a cheap motorcycle for that matter. And the point he makes is whether it's buying a motorcycle or some of his other inspirations were uh, getting a job where he could wear a suit 
and having a business card. It's all these little things that they may not seem like much or they may seem shallow, but what in reality, he makes the point that they were really pushing him to better himself from where he was now. Because if he hadn't had that inspiration, he may still have been a barista to this day. But because he found those things that he that motivated him and that, you know, just it, it hit that mark, he was able to get a job as a salesman and then eventually end up going more a healthcare route in medicine. Um, and it's all because he managed to find and key in on those things that really motivated him to work harder. Yeah, so Stephen Pressfield, which you guys are really going to start to figure out. I love this author. Uh, he, he has this idea. Uh, he talks about the resistance and, you know, the resistance with a capital R. It's, um, Sounds like it, a Star Wars character kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the resistance is this, like, intangible force that keeps us from <laughs> the force. Uh, it, it keeps us from moving beyond the status quo. You know, it's the resistance that when we want to stay in bed uh, is trying to keep us there. It's almost like a hand holding us down. Uh, when, you know, we know, you know, if you're a writer and, you know, you hit writer's block, writer's block is that resistance. When you, you know, know you, like when you want to get in shape and you know you should work out and, you know, you're supposed to go to the gym after work on Friday and one of your buddies says like, hey, like, you know, you should come out to the bar with us. We're all going to go get some beers. Um, that might be a really good thing. And so the resistance isn't always necessarily bad things, but it's anything that is going to keep us from doing what we know we should do. Anything that's going to keep us from fulfilling the goals that we set for ourselves. So it's almost like friction, but for real life. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's, it's like a, a spiritual or an emotional or an intellectual sort of friction. And we can be our own resistance. Other people can be resistance yeah. for us. Activities can be resistance. There's, you know, a lot like it's very open what that could be. But when the resistance hits, it's your inspiration which is going to give you the ability to move through that. Yeah. So, you know, the, the status quo thing would be continue to work as a barista. I'm sure you had a lot of fun. Um, you know, you get free coffee at most coffee shops, which is like pretty much the best benefit that I think you could get. Uh, second best. Free beer? Um, free beer. Yep. You know. Uh 45 <laughs> days, Robert. 45 days. 45 days. Um, but they're all going to think we're alcoholics. Oh. Um, but anyway, uh, the easy thing would be to maintain the status quo. But, you know, he had this goal of, you know, I want a Ducati, so I need to move through the resistance of, you know, nobody likes putting together their resume. Nobody likes going through interviews. If you do, you're not human. Uh, <laughs> and he had to go through all of that resistance. And he did it. And as he points out, this was, you know, a couple of years ago, still kind of in a, the midst of a recession. I'm like, I'm sure that wasn't easy. Um, but, you know, he makes the other point, And Robert and I hinted at this earlier. I'm going to quote the book real quick. Uh, God gave Adam the greatest inspiration he could possibly give other than himself. He gave Adam another person, a woman. Now, I know that some smartass out there is going to pick up on the point that, yeah, sometimes women do nag. That's not the point. The point is that it gave Adam a reason 
to be drawn closer to God, to, to learn how to love. The best way for him to do that was to love another person. Yeah, and, and so, you know, I think most of us who are in a long-term relationship, who are thinking about or who already are married, um, you know, will be able to relate to this of, you know, like myself with my girlfriend, uh, she pushes me so much just by the fact that I know I have a responsibility to her. I need to take my career more seriously. Um, you know, I could live the rest of my life, uh, you know, on probably you know, 20 grand a year and be fine, be comfortable, not have a lot of excess, but like, you don't really need that much. And honestly, like I could live on less than that. Either. Yeah. Um, so like if what I'm doing is easy, if what I'm doing is comfortable if, and if I have enough, what reason would I possibly have to be ambitious? I mean, the answers are either pure materialism, which we're not endorsing or that sense of responsibility and duty to provide for somebody. Or a Ducati. Or a Ducati. I mean, Ducatis are pretty nice. Um, Great. Honestly, for me, it's the Indian motorcycle. I really want to have an Indian motorcycle one day. Unfortunately, Audrey's a nurse, and like she hears stories from ERs. Dude, motorcycle is right at the top of my to-do list. Um, Do it before you're dating anybody. Exactly. Um, to all our male listeners out there, get your motorcycles and get them fast. Chicks dig motorcycles, but the ones worth marrying usually are terrified of them. Even the ones that aren't worth marrying also are usually probably true. Of them. Motorcycles are terrifying. And yeah, they're so badass. They are. Um, so anyway, we digress. Um, <clears throat> there's, you know, and there's there's a lot of like self help books that you know will will talk about this, but just visualization can be really powerful in this whole idea of finding inspiration. You know, yeah. think about what is the life that you ultimately ultimately want to live and be very specific um you know lay out your ideal day lay out your ideal week lay out your ideal like house your ideal career all of this and make it as vivid as possible so you know when I, when i've done this for myself i've thought about like the size of house that i want how much land i want what type of land which would be a mixture of pasture and woods and how many books do um, i have to publish to get there <laughs> how many books i have to publish to get there uh it is a lot um i'll let you guys know when i start publishing and you will buy all of them multiple copies hand them out to friends i like the optimism um so they're, they're all going to be worthwhile or super cheap i don't know which one uh we'll see how expensive as long they as you're are, one of the then, two you're okay yeah yeah i think so um but any, anyway, uh, but like, you know, I know what time I want to wake up every day. I want to know what time I want to go to bed. I know what type of food I want to eat. I like, I, I, you know, you get, if you get very specific about this and you lay out exactly the type of life you want to live, then you can work backwards, figure out how much money you're going to need to make, what type of career you're going to be in. You know, I thought about law school too for a while, but that I just realized like, I don't want to spend that much time in the office. And so I knocked that off the table um, because it didn't fit in with what my goal was. Yeah, James. Uh, yes, Robert. You have your reasons for wanting to do law school. Yeah, well, because I love the type of work. I love this idea of, well, outside of writing where what you can put on paper is kind of how you can make your money or teaching. But this idea that you know, what I know and how I can think is valuable in and of itself is something that appeals to me. 
this idea of being able to argue for my case, whether in writing or in the courtroom, is something that really it clicks with how my brain works. Um, you know, I'm I'm a pretty analytical dude. Um, I really enjoy making connections between things. So this idea of finding you know the right laws that apply and where a specific instance is going to fall and then getting paid for it is something that really appeals to me. Yeah, so you know, we, we each need to figure out for ourselves exactly what type of life that we want to live and what type of career is going to allow for us to live that life, uh, what type of skills and habits we need to start building right now. So like, I know what time I want to wake up every day. I want to wake up at 5.30 every day, so I've started doing that right now because that's something I can control right now. And that is, you know, allowing for greater productivity so that, you know, I can progress within my career and, you know, all of these things. Um, and, you know, it, it's important, I think, to have a very vivid picture that you can imagine very clearly so that your emotions can get connected to it. Because, you know, the emotions encourage us to act. And through visualization, we can, like, work on our emotions to get them to act, to give us a more emotional response, which will help us. Um, and you know, the emotions aren't the end, I'll be all come back to that, but they can be helpful. Um, so to have that very clear visualization, but then at the same time, not getting stuck within that. Uh, Cause this is the life, other side of things. Your life isn't always going to be exactly like you planned. Because especially we talk a lot about this idea, this very hard idea of detachment, of not getting too caught up in these things. And the thing is, what Robert's advocating for is a balance of understanding exactly what it is you want so you can work toward it, but also understanding life doesn't always work like that. Yeah, you need to be ready for course correction. Adjustments, You need yeah. to be ready for, you know, destination changes. And this is why, you know, this is something that, like, I think it's an activity that you should do probably about every five years or maybe do it, you know, if you want to have it a little bit more often, do it once a year. So, like, maybe every New Year's or something like that. Uh, sit down, visualize, lay out exactly what you want, and then every year it'll change slightly. Every five years it'll change a little bit more, but still pretty slightly. You know something? This could be a good Holy Saturday activity because we yeah. get a little bit of rebirth there. That's good. I like that idea. We may do a podcast on that. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that then. All um, right, guys, hold us to that. And actually, this is another really important thing too of like you need to have your tribe, you need to have your brotherhood, mm -hmm. you need to have your you know, whatever you want to call it. And people, not just who like know what your goals are, but people who live with you, who you see regularly. And when you're doing something that isn't going to be moving you towards your goal, that they can say like, hey, stop being an idiot. Um, or be a different kind of idiot. Be a better yeah, idiot. Yeah, be a better <laughs> idiot. Because uh, really, none of us are ever going to get away from that. Um, I think it's somewhere written on the Y chromosome. I'm not positive, though. Yeah, yeah, uh, and then and then there's you know the right next the to, right crazy next, crazy right next to X. the masculine genius is the uh, the idiot yeah, syndrome. Yeah, so here's here's my theory. Okay, uh, the X chromosome is for crazy. Yep, uh, and men men have a little bit of that, but it's an idiot kind of crazy, and then girls just have like double crazy. Yeah, no, this this actually this lines up with my two rules, my only two universal rules, which is all women are just a tiny bit crazy. Some are more than others. Twice as crazy as men. All guys are just are, are idiots on some level. Some more than others. <coughs> okay, so anyway. Inspiration! Uh, and, and so I just want to come back really quick to the emotions. So the emotions are good. They can help us to act, but they don't determine if we'll act. So you need to have 
so you you want to build up habits and habits are going to mm-hmm. help change your emotions to be oriented towards you know whatever your habits are yep um, and you can change that you can work on that you can break bad habits build good habits but ultimately it comes down to your will your choice your discipline your consistency your self-mastery uh, which is you know why we're doing Exodus right now is to develop that self-mastery um, because we both know like we have bad habits. Our emotions aren't always lined up with what we should be doing. Yep. So uh, let's work on that. So we are. And the inspiration is a really powerful tool to help reorient those emotions. So guys, you'll probably, when are we going to release this, do you think? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. All right, guys. So Ash Wednesday coming up. Our Ooh, challenge boy. to you is start thinking about what are those inspirations you have. Start getting that visual picture. And then this Lent Start working toward it. Start developing those habits that you need, that self-discipline, those you know, those habits, those emotions that are lined up with what it is that motivates you. And then, come the end of Lent, we'll recap. Yeah, and and you know, I think something important too. Don't try to totally overhaul your life tomorrow. Yes. Um, pick one or two habits that you can work on. So you know, if you know you need to be more productive, then set your alarm a little bit earlier. Go to bed a little earlier. Don't go from like, you know, I wake up at 8 to I'm going to wake up at 5. Go from, I'm, you know, I normally wake up at 8. I'm going to wake up at 7.30. And I'm going to fill that half hour with something productive. Whether, you know, if you're not normally praying, pray during that time. If you want to read more, read during that time. You know, whatever, if you want to start writing, write for 30 minutes first thing in the morning, which is when you are most creative. So if, especially if this is a creative sort of thing, do that early. And also, I mean, I, I said it, I didn't mean to talk over Robert, but if that is your goal, start, you know, going with also trying to get to bed earlier. Yeah. Like, yeah. look at things from every angle, because it may not be, the issue may not be, I just can't get up. It may be, I'm an idiot when it comes to getting to bed. <laughs> yeah, I don't sleep enough. And that's what I need to fix. Like, go to the heart of the problem. So you're not trying to fix everything at once, but you're fixing the thing that can actually make a difference. And so this is a really good way to approach your Lenten penances. Um, your Lenten, you know, fasts. So there's there's three things that we always want to look at whenever we're doing, um, you know, Lent or Advent. We want to look at uh, prayer. So you should be doing more prayer or putting, like, more, putting, you know, changing your focus within prayer or something like that. You know, there should be something within prayer that you're amending. Uh, almsgiving. And, you know, that can be very variable. But how are you giving of your, you know, time, talent, and treasures? So there's kind of three parts there. Uh, Fasting? Yeah. No, no. What? And alms? Oh, yeah. you give, got to give your alms. I don't... What What are you talking... Arms? Alms. Alms. Almsgiving. Yeah. I know. I don't know what the joke is. It's not really a joke. It's just I'm saying give your alms. Okay. That's all. So anyway, uh, and then fasting, uh, and this is this is the whole give up. And you know, there is, there have been a lot of people who will say things like, you know, you shouldn't think about Lent as what are you giving up. You should think about it as what are you going to do extra. Yeah, uh, but it's not either or; it's both. So fast, give something up, and almsgiving, do something extra. Um, prayer, do something extra. Yeah, don't give up on prayer. Um, that's not the thing to give up. Never give up on prayer. But anyway, uh, these next couple of days, and it, you know, if if you get to you know Ash Wednesday and you are listening to this on Holy or not Holy Thursday, hopefully you've listened to it before then. 
but if you're even if it is holy thursday even then um if you're if you're listening to this like later in lent you know if you're a weekend you can always change and refocus your lent like whatever you decided so if you just give up soda every year and it's pretty easy and like you're not really addicted to soda like if i did that like it'd be ridiculous because i don't drink soda anyway um that's not actually going to be helping you grow spiritually so think about what are those areas spiritually and disciplinally that we need that that i need to change um so you know yeah like maybe you realize that you know you're sleeping in too much and you're going to bed too late and so you could fast from the snooze alarm and you know make it and i'm serious like yeah. fast from the snooze alarm and take that time in the morning to add in some prayer you know think about what are those habits that you have what are those addictions that you have uh that you can give up in some way you know maybe you spend too much time on social media so you're gonna wipe out facebook that will be productive if i tried to do that uh it you know wouldn't really be that big of a deal to wipe out facebook because i don't really care that much about facebook but like taking out like watching youtube videos i can waste a lot of time on youtube so that's a bigger deal for me yep and as we've proven that's sometimes easier than others mm -hmm. but anyway thank you guys for listening um Remember the action items. Get ready for Lent. Yeah, can you can you resummarize those real quick? Yes. So action items. Action items. Take a look at what it is you really want. That inspiration. What really motivates you. Start thinking about how you can visualize that. Write it down. We'll come back to this on Holy Saturday, and then figure out what's going to help you get there. And for Lent or whenever you're listening to this, take a look at some of those changes you can make and start on those. All right, cool. This has been a Pint, Pipe, and Cross production with James and Robert, uh, funded by Well, nobody. us for now, but we're taking volunteers. Um, <laughs> so give us give us a five-star rating on iTunes. And a review, please. Give us a review. Like us on Facebook. Comment on Facebook. Talk to us. Send us emails. Talk to other people about us. Uh, pass on the message, yo, because if you're still listening, then... Either you're super bored and today has been a really lazy Saturday, or you actually like what we're saying. And we appreciate you listening either way. So, uh, have a good one, guys. Peace!